Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Todd, and, and uh, listeners out there. Appreciate you coming in and checking us out. This is kind of like the the dog days of podcasting right now. So we're there's stuff to talk about, but it's uh, it's getting getting a little thin out there, Todd. Yeah, there's <laughs> you know, and the it's the you know it's everyone's still on break. It's you know it's the summer still, and uh, you know a lot of vacation time by a lot of folks. But about another month from now, you know, people will start uh, doing less outdoor activities. Maybe not. I don't know. It's been so hot. Maybe people haven't been able to enjoy it across the across the country. And I think that re- affects the news and the cycle and everything. But maybe I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, it's okay. Blab just uh, restarted. So. Oh, it okay. did, huh? Yeah, uh, that's all right. All right. I'm, it looks like it's up on my end. So, yep. It seems to be playing good, and it looks like people are joining us in Blab. All right, that's good. Oh, welcome. Yeah. So we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're we're on Blab. If it will work, and if anyone sees the video, stop on Blab. Let me know. I don't know what the interaction is when I throw in a when I stop it from playing on my side. I cut the. I assume everyone else is getting it good, but yeah. Um. And but you know what's funny, Rob, is the news cycle may be slow, but nothing else is slow. It's no, a, that's true. Yeah, everything is is cruising. Um, busy. I had a very, oh, I mean, a very busy week. I was telling my wife last night. I said, uh, oh, I wish I could just uh, like sleep for eighteen hours. <laughs> but uh, there was a thing with Marissa Meyer talked about working in the early days of Google where someone could work 130 hours a week. And I, I started doing the math in my head and I'm like, that's some serious commitment. But then when I got to really thinking about it, it's like 12 hours a day. That's only seven days a week. That's only, that's 96 hours. If I did my right, no, that's not, yeah, 96 hours. No, 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 no. Uh, 84 upper level math today. So, <laughs> so really all you got to do is get out there to 16, 17, 18 hours a day and you're at 130 hours a, uh, a week if you're working seven days a week. And I've done that before, so, but it's not healthy. <laughs> no, it's not. But it, as everybody I'm sure listening to this knows, you know, the advent of the smartphone t- turned us all, all of us into seven day a week, um, 12 to 15 hour a day workers. So. You know, and sometimes you just have to put yeah. the phone down. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the 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 crux of it is a sad thing is that, you know, I get um, support tickets that come in at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday by someone on the East Coast, and they're yep. bitching if you don't. I mean, they are like Twitter blasting, being flaming beeps. Oh, yeah if you don't respond in 20 minutes and yeah. um yeah and spreaker similar to that we're we're a global hosting company so we have people hosting content uh, from all over the world so you just think about the time zone issues with that um there's constantly things coming in at different times and i think that um you know at least for us we've got you know a large contingent of customers worldwide too but they also know that we're a largely an East Coast based company now. 
with having people, uh, you know, I've got Sean in California, so he's kind of able to, and he has, uh, you know, kind of some, he's on contract, he's a contractor, so he mm-hmm. can work hours that he wants. So he's, you know, available in the evenings oftentimes to answer tickets. I am too. I watch for critical stuff that comes in where someone's having a meltdown, but, uh, it's, you know, there's that four or five hours between like, you know, midnight my time and by 9 a.m., uh, which would be 6 a.m. Eastern by 9 a.m. when someone's getting in the office, those three hours, oftentimes people just freak out. So it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. So have you heard or seen anything unusual in the space from a platform perspective here lately? Um, well, you know, on the distribution side, you know, the Spotify, I did hear some news that uh, Pandora is interested in adding more podcasts. I'm not exactly sure the details on what that means, but mm-hmm. certainly something we have anticipated um, that w- w- would happen for many years now. Yeah. Um, Tim Westergren has many times said in, in conversations online, that uh, he wants to add more spoken word content to Pandora over time when it's when it's appropriate. So now it seems like they're under pressure based on the the music royalty rights to uh, get up content that doesn't have royalties on them. So uh, this would be one way for them to do that. Now podcasts are becoming popular, and um, you know I've I've thought that this is going to happen uh, for many years now. And it appears to be uh, happening. I, you know, we'll see what it really means. If it's adding five more podcasts or something like that, then it's not really a meaningful, significant thing. Yeah, I, I turned your volume up. I think I turned it up too much. <laughs> I, I swear I'm not yelling into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. But if they do like Spotify and just you know onesie twosie them in uh, you know will it be meaningful i i don't know that's the problem here with uh you know they they either they have to go all in or they have or they because they if they don't then um you alienate the rest of the content creators and they're not going to promote you know you're not going to get the word of mouth if you have uh, 200,000 active podcasters in the in Pandora and in Spotify, guess what they're doing? Hey, you can catch me on Spotify. They're saying it at every single show. And they yeah. don't they don't get it. That's that's the thing that blows my mind. Big company like that, they should be able to ingest every podcast and not even blink. Yeah. I don't I mean some of the at least I know one person at, at Spotify, the the woman that was at Podcast Movement, I think she pretty much gets it. It's just that they're their methodology is isn't compatible with um, what the expectations of the community are, and I think that's 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 where the disconnect uh, happens at at a certain level. But I I agree. I've heard executives at the company speak as well, and uh, they quote incorrect numbers and and you know really kind of off the wall kind of stuff when it comes to podcasting. Like they don't really understand what they're talking about. Um, so I've heard that significantly, but I do know that, uh, you know, Rachel, the, the woman that is kind of running that, um, stuff, she seems to be pretty thoughtful about the space. It's just too bad. I lost my interview with her down at podcast movement. Cause I think it would have drawn a lot of, um, clarity to how people perceive the level of thought that Spotify is putting into 
podcasting, but um, it's certainly not, unfortunately, certainly not translating into um, shows being added to the platform. That's for sure. No, not not at all. Yeah. And their methodology in doing it, I, I don't, I don't fully get it, but it it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big company ideology. It's the same struggle at some point that I had, you know, at Microsoft. You know, it's how they only want to add the the most popular, biggest shows because somehow they feel like you know it's easier to do that, it's cheaper to do that, and it's gonna. It's the 80-20 rule, right? Right. It's get in the top 20% to get 80% of the viewers. And, and, but that's not really the, the, the core dynamics of this space. It's not about that. It's the long tail is much bigger than the, the short tail. Yep. Well, there is a, a couple of topics that I want to talk about. And one of them is a little bit of a bone of contention that's in my crawl right now. Mm-hmm. And it involves a certain company that is putting out a podcast industry ranking page, um, specifically PodTrack. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to, I tried to talk to PodTrack at Podcast Movement. Uh, I don't know how much we talked about this in the past show, but I, you know, I got this. Yeah, I spoke to them as well. I spoke to them as well. I yeah. got this, um, you know, this semi you know aggressive like you know like well like fuck you this is going to be the list and it we're not going to call it the pod track industry ranking we're going to call it the podcast industry ranking that's what it made me feel like when i got done with the conversation mm-hmm. um and i see again and it's being reported this is starting to be picked up by more people and it, you know they you know they have um they have done something here that I understand why they've done it, but it's so disingenuous. If I, if I tried to do something like this and put it out, first of all, I would never have done it like that. I, I personally, I just would, I would, could, I could have put out the blueberry industry ranking, but mm-hmm. there's, I, I just would have never done it the way they've done it. So, um, I just want you know people understand and podcaster understand that this is not indicative of the whole space. And you know, Rob, you and I've talked about it, and Rob Walsh and I've talked about it, and we know that we've got shows in our network that would displace people on their top ten list, and yet they, you know, their response was, "We'll send them over." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? And anything additional from what you besides what you've already said? Well, they they talked to me at Podcast Movement about adding um, compatibility with their their tracking redirect to the Spreaker platform, and and um, um, I mean I'm all right with doing that. I it's it's more like catering to what the podcaster wants uh, or may need if they happen to be working with PodTrack to to support a the PodTrack redirect, which would help that effort, uh, on, on their part to, you know, kind of, kind of roll up the tracking and, uh, around a ranking chart. If they, you know, I think that's the key point of your concern with what they're doing here is that it's, they're using just a, a sampling of the podcasting space to come up with an industry ranking. And there's no way that they can be accurate with that because they're not, they don't have redirects on every podcast. No. 
and probably they don't have redirects on some of the biggest podcasts. Right. Um, so that's the, that's the real issue here. If they call it the pod track industry ranking, then I, I have no problem with that. But yeah, well, that's, that's what it is, right? Right. But boy, it's sure not being purported that way. Mm-hmm. Well, because that would, that would limit their acceptance and exposure for what they're doing there. Yep. So if they do that, because then th- there's going to be a lot of co- questions that will come up like, well, who's, who's part of your list? I right. Mean, I mean, and they don't probably want to disclose who all their customers are. Right. Either. Right. You know, we've supported from the very beginning. You know, if you are using the PowerPress podcasting plugin, we've supported from the beginning. You use whoever's redirect you want. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or multiple. Yeah. We, we really don't recommend more than a couple, but, uh, yeah. Well, because it can slow down the access to the media file. Yeah. But there is, uh, you know, that was, you know, just kind of a, you know, it, one of the things that I saw that came up that was reported again, and I'm just like, you know, and no one's even questioning, no one's even bringing into, you know, I, and I would think that folks that are, um, you know, you know, would be in that top 10 list are, well, that you know what they're going to be then is they're going to be tempted to go over there and and work with them, uh, if they want to be in that top ten list. So you know, from a marketing standpoint, it was a brilliant move, you know. But uh, it sure is disingenuous the way it is, because I know of a lot of shows that are not uh, participating that uh, would would you know. And what's going to happen to those folks that are in the top ten list now? They get pushed down. Well, I'm not sure that the list, I mean, I've looked at the, at the list that the list really in some ways makes a lot of sense because they're, they're lumping networks in with individual shows. And I, I, I'm not sure that that makes any sense to actually do that. So like they'll say NPR and then they'll see WNYC and then they'll say, you know, in, in, in actual individual podcast, all, all in the same ranking chart. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I mean, I guess you can do that if you're rolling up all the numbers uh, across all those NPR shows or something like well, that. Well, you, sh- you should break those in- you should break those NPR shows out one by one, and then yeah, see well, see where they fit in there. Yeah, you know well, why they feel like they they, they have to roll up uh, networks and individual shows together in a ranking chart doesn't make any sense. It in- seems to be driving an agenda, not a right, not a a, a real useful list. Yeah. Right. Yet you have the moth who, uh, you know, a single show up against big networks. Um, yeah. where's Adam Carolla in that list? He's not in there. No, because Norm is not working with PodTrack. I'll put it to you that way. That's right. You know, where's ESPN? They're not in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's ABC? Where's, yeah. uh, Moody Industries? You know, yeah. Uh, let me look at hundreds, right? (laughs) Hundreds of shows. How stuff works is another one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, that, uh, you know, and it's, I don't know. I will have to see. We haven't got to a point where, uh, our customers are willing to say, yeah, go ahead and dump it out there. You know, Mm. uh, it's, uh, you know, we don't, they don't mind sharing with media buyers, but it's not, something they, they you know and some of these companies are public companies too so they sometimes they can't 
put some of that stuff out there because of Sarbanes-Oxley and, you know, they have to mm-hmm. be very, very careful with that. Yeah, that's right. So, it's very true. There's a little bit of a discussion. There was an article over on Rain uh, talking about the download on podcast had ejection, pro- programmatic move into podcasting. You know, you and I have talked about this to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to read something that was said in this article that I, I kind of laughed at. It said, at a recent International Advertising Association conference in Australia hosted by Nova Entertainment, that group's head of creative services warned that programmatic advertising that programmatic advertising kill podcasting. If you just buy the best CPM available and stick it in there, you lose the contextualization, and then podcasts become dead, saying Andy M- M- Milney. I like Andy. <laughs> Rain goes back and says, that's dire. Let's back up a little. In the podcast resurgence of the last two years, Direct response advertising left the on-demand category to monetization heights. We've heard of off-the-record reports of $80 CPMs and hope for host-read promotions. <laughs> yeah, maybe one deal out of a 1000 is 80 Um, So, programmatic advertising tradition in impersonal campaign format. Oh, that, no, that's a, that's a, that is something we really need to focus on. Programmatic advertising is traditional and in personal that explains it all in what in one two three four five six words Mm -hmm. yeah did you also see the the comment in here that sean carr um gave you know he's the he's the the co-founder of art 19 about host reads yeah it says first a host read sponsor message doesn't have to be a live read you might assume they always are of course we all know that Almost always. Now, actually, this is actually not true. Almost always the host recording them to get them the take right. It's not right. That's not true. Almost. Well, yeah. I mean, the foundation of this whole industry on advertising was uh, really baked in live reads. Yeah. It's not so, almost always. For his business model, it, uh, it always is. Yeah. Well, he's probably <clears throat> trying to push push the envelope into pre-recorded host reads that can be dynamically inserted. He says, occasionally they will do a live read inside the show, but that is unusual. I mean, that is not. He is no, wrong. That's, Absolutely. that's the most common thing. Right. That's what he's pushing right. on his platform. It's his agenda. And speaking yeah. of which, Art19, and this is a shocker to me, Midroll said they would never do programmatic. They would never do ad-injected uh, advertising. You know, that was something they came out and said very strongly. Uh, Midroll and Art19 have done a deal. Yeah. And announced it. Yeah. Well, it select, was more, select shows. So, it was a soft PR piece. Okay. I, I was given okay to make a comment on that, um, that that is a test uh, run oh. between Art19 and Scripps. They it's didn't not, say they didn't say test in the PR piece. I know. <laughs> I know they didn't. But I was told, told by a little um, um, uh, fly that uh, – that that was a test run, and it was kind of kind of a PR exchange situation for a better deal on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they're like, like you just said, they have said that they're not going to get into programmatic, right? Um, but that that isn't to say that they're not going to test around and try and learn about doing 
dynamic insertion of pre-recorded host reads. Though. Right. So I think that's what this is all about is working with a small set of shows, which I think we need to be clear. Um, a small set of shows will, <laughs> will try this, right? It's not yeah. every show, right? It, it may be every show on the art 19 platform. Um, but, but generally if you look at mid roll or any of these platforms, most of them, believe me, well, you may be able to get somebody like a Mark Marin to do a dynamically inserted ad, but it, it is going to have to be a host read, right? That's dynamically inserted. All he's not going to do it. Um, and it certainly is not going to be a programmatic ad. That's, um, that's a branded pre-produced spot by the advertiser. Uh, you're never going to see that in certain big, big podcasts. It's not going to happen. Right. And so, I think, you know, no matter how hard you try to make that ad sound, you know, make it sound like it's the real deal, a real host endorse ad. It, it, the, it, like we talked about on the last show, it, you have to work on that transition. You have to get very good at it. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be an art to mm-hmm. actually do that and have it be convincing to the audience and not sound, um, you know, contrived. Right. And not everybody's going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Unfortunately. You, you know, and it's, you know, we've had some discussions this past week with some folks, um, you know, on the commercial side, commercial entities, radio stations, so forth about this exact topic. And, um, uh, for our radio stations and those types of folks, you know, they, uh, they're used to having, you know, an ad that's pre-produced that, you know, unless it's a talk guy, you know, unless he's morning drive, he's not doing, you know, they're not typically doing a lot of host endorse, maybe one or two, but most of them are, you know, pre-baked, impersonal, I like that word, impersonal ads that are being run. Impersonal? I, I like that. Yeah, it, it, the way they actually wrote up in rain is I am impersonal wow yeah I, I didn't know impersonal let's i don't think i've ever used impersonal as a word before but let's look it up in google make sure that uh that's an actual word and not a typo a, a typo yeah well impersonal uh, yeah not influenced uh not showing or involving personal feelings it's per hey that is exactly it's that is the deal I'm going to use that it's, new word. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not an endorsement, really. No, it's not no. a personal endorsement. Yeah, impersonal is I was the word I was more more familiar with, but impersonal, I like that. Yeah. So, hmm, you, you, all you podcasters out there, like when you talk about dynamic, when you talk about uh, um, pre baked ads, this is like a Geico ad. Um, the word you want to use is they're impersonal. <laughs> yeah and in some i mean in some shows that want to get advertising there are a few examples of shows that um will never do host reads because there's something about the content of, of the show that the host has to maintain their their um their kind of credibility and right. not be perceived as selling out to a to a product right. or a service right um so there are certain shows that um, can never do host reads, but it's it's unusual. Yep. So I've decided to embark on another project. Yes, I heard about this. And it's actually announced it last night, and it's gotten huge. 
I mean, overwhelming response already. It um, may have a hit on my hands here, and we haven't even recorded episode one. <laughs> so, the and I've talked about doing this for a long, long time. I've set on a domain called podcastlegends.com. Uh, it doesn't go to anything right now, folks. You go to it, it goes to a GoDaddy page or maybe a redirect page to Geek News Central. It's, there's no website for it yet, but uh, we'll be this week. Um, basically, I want to go back and you know, I want to go way back. I want to go back to the beginning and I want to talk to the folks that were here in the podcasting space in the beginning. And, and it, these, when I say legends, um, it's, I'm not, it, it, it's going to be all takers. I'm not going to be focused on the superstars. Um, I'm going to be focused on the, you know, hundred or 200 that really helped us launch this space in the very, very beginning. Uh, the C.C. Chapmans of the world, the Michael Butlers, the Don and Drew, the, you know, the you know, obviously Dave Weiner, Adam Curry, all those folks. And um, I'm going to let them, and it's just basically, I'm going to let them tell their story. You know, what, you know, what, who, what, when, and where. And, you know, that's the, I'm just going to let them talk and tell their, you know, it's basically going to almost be a biography background slash passion, you know, why pod faded, uh, you know, any behind the scenes dirt I can get out of them will even be good. Um, whatever we can pull out of them from, you know, lessons learned, uh, regrets, the whole nine yards. Um, and Todd, is there, what's the, what's the reason for the timing of this and the concept of this uh, coming out now? Is there a, I can, I can envision a couple of reasons that you have, but I, I just want to hear it from you. Uh, well, and we've talked about it on this show many, many times. Yeah. Um, the this this industry was built on passion, was built on um, the ability to be able to change and to disrupt the world. And I think a lot of people have lost focus that uh, of the power we have in this space. And I also want uh, people to understand that this space with space was built by. Some dude like me that was uh, in the Navy working electronics that had a blog that decided to start doing a podcast because I wanted to, you know, you know, I wasn't a broadcast guy. I wasn't with NPR. And I think those stories are important. And there's probably, you know, there's a, there's a million things in the back of my head, Rob, that is the genesis of this thing. Um, but, you know, what do you think? What, what do you what do you think my reasoning is? Well, I think it could be twofold. I think uh, it's uh, making sure that the uh, kind of the history and yeah. the the motivations of people that started this space uh, is preserved somehow. Yeah. Uh, put out there. There's a lot of new people that are coming into this medium. Yeah. That uh, I, I'm not sure really appreciate its its roots and why why it exists today and why mm -hmm. the people created it at the time and so we don't lose sight of that uh, as the as the industry grows and develops um you know we've seen a lot of uh new people from new industries on the like the radio side and the yeah. online radio side come into the space and, and in some ways i think that there's been an influence there that has kind of lost the purpose um and what is unique about podcasting i think there's been an interest on, in some to try and change it and to be something 
that it's not and wasn't intended to be. And, and there's a million stories out there. We went and saw a documentary that it had been produced by yeah. you know, most of the folks out of L.A. It was a great, it was a great uh, story about their show and their fans and it was uh you know done well for their community but it really in my you know it 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 was about them and Mm -hmm. i think there needs to be a capturing of thoughts of the history and the you know what everything like you said that went into this as well i i just think it'll be fascinating even for me um to be you know we're podcasters we should audio document um this space and and have some preservation of that um i i I, if i can get the participants that i want i think it's going to be a it's going to be uh it's going to be fabulous show if i don't care i'm going to be entertained i don't care if anybody else listens um because there's many stories rob you and i don't know there was four or five and you know four or five tracks of people you had the Pacho folks that were going. You had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you had the pickle guys. You had the the Libsyn folks. You had us come on the scene. You know, there was like this mm-hmm. diver. I mean, and you had uh, folks that were doing audio books, and you had. I mean, there was such a wide breadth, A to Z, topic wise, and people clustering up together. There's a lot of cool stories out there. Yeah, I think you know one comment that I saw that. Uh, Evo made in your comment thread on on Facebook was that the big big difference about uh, the the early podcast space and and now is that everybody knows each other from back then. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, we're all friends. <laughs> yeah, and that should say something about what the roots of the space are. It, it, it's hard to do that now, practically, right. just because right. there's so many people involved in podcasting now that weren't involved. I mean, we're talking about a group of maybe two or 300 people that we're talking about from the early days of this medium. And you look at it now and you're talking hundreds of thousands of people and there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of people out there that don't even do a podcast that are involved in podcasting, you know? So, which is quite different than it used to be. You know, with the first new media expo, we all kind of showed up and man, it was like, we'd been all listening to each other. We already, we were all listening to each other. We knew every, we knew each other from being, um, so, you know, we couldn't, I mean, you couldn't listen to enough podcast and you yeah. went there and you're like hugging these people and, and, you know, shaking hands and, you know, you automatic cause you'd already, you were already in there. You were in their head, you know, they were in your head and you were in theirs yeah. and, and we had these massive parties and oh my god you just have no idea so that's why i keep calling the you know the the original new media expo going back you know the first few years while it was still in in oxnard was or wherever we were at um it was a family reunion yeah and it was like man a bunch of creative folks having a good time and sure there was rivalries and you know competition and all that stuff but it was just man it was great it was uh, yeah kumbaya it was fantastic but todd i mean if you think about it though even back in those days the 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 podcast expo was was uh about the same size as podcast yeah. movement yeah it sure was and you know so, and i yeah. if you know and we've stressed to dan 
and maybe people don't understand, you know, the reason we express to Dan and, and the team over there and, and is keep that vibe, keep the close vibe, keep us all together, you know, mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, it, we want, cause you know, I want the podcasters of today and, you know, and, and hopefully we, it, podcast movement is doing this is to keep that closeness of everyone together friendships and helping each other and all that stuff the space is well known for and we may find, sound like a bunch of old stogies here and, and and those of you that you know think oh these guys are just talking about the old days but we want i want that to be i want everyone to experience what we experienced yeah, I feel like to some degree that the community has been kind of like fractured, um, and it's been this way for many years, but um, fractured by subgroups that have come together and and um, kind of feel like they somewhat kind of exclude the right. the greater podcast space, and they kind of have their, their own little click. It's almost like high school clicks, right? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying this to be insulting to anybody in the podcast community. I'm just saying it that it feels like the, there's there's a little bit of a generational thing going on yeah. here too. Yeah. Where you get the, the old guard, like, like you and I, and, <laughs> and, you know, when we're talking about the old days of podcasting and rah, 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 you know, and that's what they say about people as they get older, they start looking more back than forward. Yep. <laughs> and, and I think to some degree, um, that's what the difference is here. We tend to look more back and the new people in the space tend to look more forward. And when that happens, you have a divide. And, right, and and I think that's kind of happening in this space. Well, that's you know, Rob. That's one of the reasons why I am so. I want to throw up every time I heard the word mastermind. Yeah, well, or I wasn't going to use that word, or, but or that's tribe, part of that, or tribe. That, yeah, that's part of what it, I'm talking it, about. Shoot me in the head, please. Tribe, the tribe. <laughs> this is the tribe. You know, it's like. They have to call it something. I, I, I guess that's you know. Eh. Yeah, that's true. And and when those folks go to those events, they all hang out together, and maybe they're doing themselves harm by not spreading their wings a little bit and talking to people outside their tribe. <laughs> but I didn't get a sense that this year that no um, no po- no po- podcast movement made a made it a point to try and have events that really enabled the community to really get together you felt that they uh, did or didn't did did not oh well they had the afternoon events so did they okay well the evening events um i didn't make it to the evening events they for me the evening events were like hanging out in the lobby or hanging out at the bar uh chit-chatting where there wasn't 80,000 megawatts of music playing in my ear. Well, and that's a, that's a reoccurring theme here um, that has impacted the ability of this community to stay all connected to each other at these events. Yeah. It is loud music. It's been number one. And venue. I mean, if yeah. the venue is too small, yeah. people are jammed together. Hot. Uh, they, <laughs> hot. They can't move around to, to find people. I mean, fortunately, I'm tall. I mean, I went to to some of those after hours events and at least I can see across the room, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a challenge on that side still. Um, and I know that the prior year of podcasting, we, we all got together in that one big facility for a one night thing right. where pretty much everybody showed up and even Mark Marin showed up to that event. Yeah. Um, 
and and that seemed to be one of those kinds of events that kind of enabled people bring people together a little bit mm-hmm. more. But I, I didn't sense that at Podcast Movement this year that they had that similar kind of thing. I don't know if it was just difficult to find a venue like that in downtown Chicago. Well, finding one big enough to handle fifteen hundred people—that's yeah, that's a big that's a big undertaking, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know, and and I'm not gonna you know I'm not believe me we're not talking bad about the uh, podcast movement. It's just a matter of you know these things are hard to do, hard to to pull off yeah. as the you know as the space you know as the things get bigger. You know, yeah, and, I, and it's constructive feedback I think to the to the show too. Um, but maybe, you know, the, the new people in the space don't, don't see a value in doing that. I don't know. I, you know, I see a value in it. The conference Um, for me is the conference value is the networking. You know, they can have all the sessions. That's good. You know, and there might be one or two I want to go to, but for me, it's like grabbing that person in the hallway and talking to them and, you know, that's what are you doing? What are you doing new? What are you trying? You know, where's your problems? You know, that's. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these these people in the space, you know, you only see once a year yeah. or have an opportunity to see once a year. And sometimes it's, you know, a lot of times what happens is that you miss them entirely mm-hmm. at the event. Mm-hmm. I know that happened a lot to me because um, I, of course, we're both working booths and doing panels and stuff, which yeah. kind of takes us out of uh, being being really accessible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I so, you know, going back to this whole you know, this whole idea behind this show is, um, I want to get deep. I want to get down in the soul of this thing. You know, I want, I, I, you know, I really hope people are going to be able to open up and, and do a dump, you know, and, uh, and, um, so we'll see, we'll see where, where it is. Uh, we're, you know, and, and I'm not saying, and, you know, Rob, we, we got to be careful here too. The, the the community is still doing great things. There's still a fantastic amount of great yeah. content coming out. Um, well, it's just getting it. It's getting so big. It's kind of hard to keep that community together. You're right. And it may not be possible anymore. I think, um, and that's it's going to be possible in small subgroups. Um, and that I, I believe that's what we're seeing happen because of the scale of the community. And as it becomes a more serious business, there's going to be more people getting involved in this that are maybe less talkative because they're not podcasters or maybe they're less, um, of, of the similar mind of the, of the original creators of this podcast community. Uh, and have a different approach. And, yeah. and, and I think that's what's happening as well. Um, there's different attitudes that are coming into this space that are coming from other industries. I mean, public radio and commercial radio, which have different cultures yeah. than their roots of podcasting. And that's going to impact the cohesion of this community. Well, the, you know, radio, it's dog eat dog. You know, it's all about uh, the market share the ratings you know the sweeps weeks and all that stuff yeah. that goes on and you know it's the bragging rights i've got this much you know that's a pretty i think they're all you know the radio industry itself is you know, go to radio events and they're all friends just like podcasters sure. are you bet you uh, bet and, and and it's similar it's very similar in a lot of ways um you know a lot of um it's a generational thing over there too and, and i believe that radio is kind of struggling with that right now because i I think it's an older generation that's running radio and they're struggling to be appealing to the younger generation now. Yeah. 
And that's th- that's what they're seeing that's really attractive about the podcast space is there's younger people over here. And you know, and let's let's be honest. <laughs> Anyone that's really over 40, uh maybe even over 50, you know, we're we're you know, if you if you really want to know the opinions of the folks that are uh, 25, we're all freaking idiots, you know. <laughs> so, you know, that is a that's a mindset that is just niche in, you know, it's I think it's globally. If you're if you're old, you're stupid. If I'm if you're young, I'm the guy that's got the fresh bright ideas. Um, get up mm-hmm. move out of the way and that's just that's just the way life is you know and yeah. uh, i welcome fresh ideas um but i also uh, yeah. remember very very clearly talking to a venture capitalist who told me you're too old to start a business and um <laughs> your 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 team is too spread out and uh, and there's no way i would invest you you guys are going to fail and it is like <laughs> Oh really? And he spent his uh twenty six million dollars on another company, and they're gone. And his twenty six million dollars got flushed down the toilet. So um, you know, so I think that there is value in having a little wisdom on a team. Um, <laughs> well, and a big infusion of capital can completely change the culture of the company and right. um, potentially cause it to fail. Um. Where how you've built your company and how others have built companies that have lasted have been less dependent on venture capital to grow. I, I had to shut the blinds. I was getting washed out in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It is bright. Yeah. It is. So, yeah, it was, um, I, I don't know. We, we've diverged here quite a little bit, but... Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how this. You see if we can, if I can dig the, these stories out of these folks, and yeah. uh, it may take some prompting. I, um, you know, people's memories wane. Um, you know, and I, I think we should also use caution that uh, um, all the stories may not be a hundred percent accurate. When you, you're trying to go back twelve <laughs> years, I think about stuff from time to time, and someone will go back and say, "That was wrong." You, you remember it was this way. You think, oh yeah, it was. <laughs> so you know, there has to be a little bit of understanding in that too. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, podcast legends, I think, can go to encapsulate some people that um, maybe are not current podcasters. Maybe right. they're oh, yeah. you know, Neil sure. Berkwin, or they can be yeah. you know, guys that w- really created this space that are have moved on. Yeah, and it, what's what's the reason for why they moved on? Yeah. Someone's you know, asked. Uh, Doug K is another one. Yeah. Doug K for sure. Hey, there was a couple of questions and blab apologies. Quick question here. What are you using to stream from YouTube to blab? Uh, we're just, uh, pasting in the YouTube embed into blab. Um, but we're actually using the stream to YouTube is, and to Facebook is a TriCaster. And also what kind of microphone is that? This is a blue, Mike mouse so it's the mouse line and uh yes it has beautiful sound but it also has a a beautiful price too so uh um it's so just don't be shocked when you go over there but it's a uh, yeah I love this mic so so speaking of that uh, so how much is that mic uh, I think it's 13 or 1400 dollars oh my goodness yeah I know 
this one, the Sure, uh, it's SM7B, is about three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and that's a nice mic. We have those in the studio in uh, in Columbus. You know, this is a um, a uh, condenser mic, so yeah. it's you know it 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 basically um, most folks don't like using condensers. Most use that's it. You know, you've got a dynamic, Rob. I'm I'm on a condenser. I just like yep. the richness and sounds of condensers more than the the dynamics. But um, no, I agree. And you know, I've got a PR40 up in the cabinet up there. I used it for about five shows, and I hated the sound. It just didn't fit my voice. It's a great mic. And it just, mm-hmm. you know, every mic is a little bit different for people. Don't be afraid if you buy a mic, by the way, to send a mic back. You know, get it on your pedestal. Use it three, four times. If you're a little, if you say, send the thing back, you know, don't, uh, don't keep it. You know, don't go up, don't go outside the return period. If you can't get to a, like a guitar center or someplace like that out to test out a nice mic, um, don't be afraid to send one back. Yeah, yeah, because they do vary a lot in um, sound yep. for different voices, um, and you do need to kind of play around with them and um, see what fits with what you like. There's a lot of podcasters that hate their voices um, all, already, so you don't want to have a microphone that makes you hate your voice more. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. so. Anyway, going back to anyway, so anyway, the podcast legend saying we'll get that kicked off in a couple of weeks. Uh, I obviously want a couple of key people for the first couple of shows, so uh, you know, getting them um, recorded. You know, and I, I don't know how long. I'm, I'm almost scared to know how long these shows are going to take. I, they could end up being three or four hours. I, I I hope they don't go that long, but they could. And I vowed not to set a time limit, <laughs> which is scary. That is scary. Yeah. Hey, over but, there was a, a um anyone that has a downloaded and reinstalled Audacity recently. Um, there was about a three or four hour period where Audacity was infected. So, if you you know not to scare you, not but the it, application itself, but the the download of the application, I guess, had a an additional little prize attached to it. Yeah. Right? Well, there was a, the the. It, it, or was the code compromised? Yeah, the, I believe the code was compromised, or the installer or something was compromised. It's probably the installer. Yeah, and uh, it um, and basically what it, you'll know, just reboot your computer. <laughs> <laughs> you reboot That's your, a great way to find out, Todd. You'll know if you're infected or not because it won't boot. <laughs> And they use these old school, an absolute old school virus technique. They just over, they just erased the master boot record. So oh, isn't um, that nice of them. Yeah, it was nice. So if they have, if you have your recovery CD, which I know each and every one of you know exactly where that disc is. And yes, I, of course. Yes. Okay, here's a little trick for you. You don't know where your recovery CD is. You're all shaking your head yes because about eighty percent of you don't. Um, when you make one, um, tape it to your monitor, or if you have a desktop, tape it to the desktop, actually get some, you know, okay, if it's in a place where your wife is going to complain, um, tape it someplace where no one can see it, but it's not going to get stuck in a drawer somewhere. So what I do for, um, um, all, uh, current laptops, I actually use the laptop box that it came in. I keep the laptop box. 
Or if it's a desktop, I just tape it to the desktop. <laughs> or if you don't have a CD player, uh, you have to use a USB. Right. Yeah. E- either way. And like, you know, matter of fact, here's a recovery stick for one of the things I have too. So yep. um, you never know when, uh, you know, you're going to reboot and you get the message that says, oh, no, thank you. So. Yeah. Let's hear what else was in the a little bit of the news stuff. There's a um, article about what if my friends and family don't care about my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad sign. Well, you know, it's it's more more uh, common than you would think. Uh, yes. The podcast host has got a a great story about that. Um, yeah. You know, in my home, that was basically I was under the. You know, I was under a two-year timeline to make it profitable. <laughs> or if I hadn't been become profitable in two years, Geek and Central would not be in existence because <laughs> she was going to shut it down. Uh, I may have, been, may have won the argument two years later, but uh, I don't know. So thank God for monetization. But um, you can just count on your friends aren't going to care about your podcast. Most of them are going to say, what the hell is a podcast? <laughs> Hopefully that's happening less and less now. Yeah, that was a question I got in the beginning. What? What are you doing? Huh? You're doing what? And you're like, oh, he's just a geek. You know, uh, okay. They they already knew I was a nerd anyway. So, uh, okay, you're doing some internet audio thing, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, they, now they think I'm cool. Oh, you know, now they know what yeah. a podcast is. Yeah, I don't find that <clears throat> um, a lot of people out there that I've, I, I talked to, um, are unknowledgeable about what podcasting is or don't know about it. Right. Or right. haven't heard the, the term at least. Yeah. I think most people have by now. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we have that identification problem. Thank goodness. <clears throat> but, um, anyway, that, uh, just a couple of news things. There is some sort of pod crawl thing going on. You were reading about it, Rob, uh, over at podcaster news. Yeah, um, it's. Let me pull it up here. I think I had it on my screen here. Podcrawl. I think you had it on your blog. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Podcrawl 2016 is happening August 20th in London. Uh, I guess it's a. It's an old-fashioned pub crawl. Um, I. I'm not exactly sure what a pub crawl is. I don't know if it's an You've event. You've never they, been on a pub crawl. They uh, just do do a bunch of drinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that basically what yeah, it is? Yeah, it's it's basically it. Um, okay. it's, you know, you 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 go with a group of people, you know, and at least the yeah. pub crawls I've been on, I did one in Korea once, yeah. and uh, uh, that so night it's a pod and, crawl. We ended up in jail that night, but. Uh, <laughs> So I guess it's a <clears throat> it's an event that's being organized by a veteran podcaster, Rowley or Rowley Cutler, uh-huh. and of the Dark Compass Show. Yep. So he's uh, I guess doing this in the UK. That's cool. Well, you know, one thing is for sure about a pub crawl is about your tenth beer. You can really start lying about your stats because then no one will remember the next day. That's true. <laughs> now he doesn't say specifically that he's. There's a lot of beer involved here, but, uh, I mean, is it the pub crawls I've been involved in is the rule is you go into a bar and you, every person that's on the, 
on the pub crawl drinks at least one cocktail while there, whether it be a beer or a mixed drink, you drink at least one and then you go to the next pub. That's the pub crawls I've been involved in. Yeah, but this is a pod crawl. So. Okay. So it's a particular of a good old fashioned pub crawl and add another part of podcasting to it. And you got yourself a pod crawl. So it is a still a pub, pub crawl, but do it with, with a bunch podcasters. of podcasters. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we can start something like that here. That'd be fun. Of course, I, I do my, my, my podcast meetup uh, here in, in Seattle. I haven't done it for a couple of months now at a, at a, at a sports bar. Yeah. With <laughs> Does all that the, count as a yeah, crawl? Yeah, I, I think so. As long as you're drinking, uh, as long as you order like uh, a pitcher for every person, that would probably qualify in the quantity. A pitcher for every person. <laughs> 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 yeah, like that's, I'm going to have cops out on the street corner well, of the no, restaurant. Waiting no, you have everyone them. Uber in and, you know, you use, you know, you definitely don't be drinking and driving, but. You know, I'll be honest with you, I think we need to drink more alcohol these days. With all the crazy stuff in the news and everything going on, I think we all just need to drink uh, a little bit more cocktails and make us all feel a lot better. <laughs> Todd, you, you're just safer than the rest of us out there in Hawaii. Why do you say it's, that? Well, you're surrounded by all those Democrats out there. They're not going to do anything to you. They they don't typically carry they're, guns. They're, so. <laughs> Hawaii, Hawaii, okay. Hawaii has the um, almost the highest percentage of gun owners per capita than any state in the country. Don't let don't let uh, political really? leanings fool you. Oh, oh no, oh, okay. they they buy they're they're very they buy their guns in mass quantities here, just like anyone else. Wow, you got to be it, careful though. You shoot a gun there, and then you know it could probably cross the whole island. Well, I don't know if it had something to do with World War II and being attacked. Uh, you know, it's maybe that mentality. I don't. Oh, interesting! I, yeah. Interesting perspective on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, if that's ruminations that run through today, I, I don't know. But uh, yes, we are. We are very. Uh, the state is very, very, very. Uh, actually, I, I get I make people mad because I make local Hawaiians mad when I say this, but I, I do it in jest. Uh, you know the. Monarchy, um, the United States, uh, by many Hawaiian standards, overthrew the monarchy here. Um, there's much resentment to that. So um, I always say that uh, the Democratic Party here is a Democratic monar- monarchy. Monarchy. Yeah, the Democratic monarchy. Monar- monarchy. We're not a, <laughs> because it's, if, if, here's what you do. If you're a Republican in Hawaii, um, you go register and run as a Democrat. Uh, because it's true, absolutely true. There's a lot of Republicans that run as Democrats because if you run as Republican, you're not going to win. So you run as a Democrat and... Um, you govern as a conservative, right? You Well, you have to be very moderate because they don't stand for... Uh, they won't... They'll, they'll run you out of town on a rail if, they, if there's any type of conservative things that come out of your mouth. So, um, yeah. That's just the way it is in this state. It's very, very left. And most times, and here's the real reason, most people don't vote in this state for people with issues. They vote for their aunties, their uncles, their friends, cousin. It's a lot of that here. So a lot of local politics. It's not about the issues more often than not. So anyway, enough on politics. And we have states in the, there are states in the lower 48 that are, 
just like that, but on the right. So, you know, you can't run as a Republican. You can't run as a Democrat in some states in the United States and win. So it's just the way the, the way it is. Yeah, that's true. There are certain states that are very heavily leaning one way right, or the other. Right, right, yes. right. So just the way it is. But, uh, no. you know, that's, you know, uh, I haven't, uh, I have purposely been not listening. I used to listen to the political shows during the season, but uh, it's just so much stuff. I've, I've, you know, I've unfollowed probably 200 people on Facebook just to get this. It's just, oh, I can't handle it. Yeah, I've, I've completely stopped posting anything about politics on, on any of the social networks. Yeah, I just... It's so polarizing right now. Yeah, man, it's one side or the other, and everyone hates each other. It's it's horrible. So it's yeah. just just the way it is. Um, okay, so anyway, I think we all need to do a pub crawl. Uh, <laughs> organize one in your town, and if there's only three bars, you can visit the, the three bars ten times. Um, you just you just go in a circle. <laughs> so one, does that mean that uh, – if you're doing a pod crawl, that somehow there has to be a connection to podcasting somehow beyond just uh, that they're all podcasters. I think it's just a social thing. Bring your audience out or something. You know, have a you know, let your hair down. So I think this is what this guy's trying to do. He's just trying to have uh, trying to know. create some community. Yeah, huh? and it goes back. He says before I started pod crawl in its current form, Adam Curry of the Daily Source Guard started an office for Pod Show in London. And got to a group of podcasts in the UK. He, he called it a pod crawl, although the group did not move from pub to pub. In 2008, the first pod crawl came about by chance. Actually, I was listening to two music podcasts. So basically, they they took a something that was a. So maybe they aren't doing actual, but anyway, it's that's what they're calling it, it's a pod crawl. So and the link is a, up on podcasternews.com. You can check it out for those of you in the UK if you want to hang out and. But uh, the one I did in Korea, I was with a bunch of Navy guys, and we were drinking Oscar. Any of you guys know what Oscar is in in Korea? Uh, those of you who do know it's not a drink you should drink in mass quantities. And um, the last place we ended up in, the uh, we were walking into this place, and the, there was a young lady that uh, uh, met us at the door and said, there's a private party here, you can't come in, and... We kind of pushed our way in, and it didn't turn out so well. Fists flew, and we all ended up in the pokey. (laughs) (laughs) And the pokey means the slammer. (laughs) And not the Korean slammer, the military slammer. So uh, don't drink Oscar on a a pub crawl. (laughs) There you go. TMI, right? TMI. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, there was some other stuff. Yeah, I was just looking at um, uh, oh, Rob. Yeah, I was you're, you're, kind of go ahead. Oh, I was this past week on my speaker live show. I was talking. I was talking a lot about um, using affiliate programs uh, and ways for beginner podcasters to start making money with their shows potentially. I think maybe we talked about this a little bit last week, I yeah. suppose. Um, so just, just to help people get started. I mean, there's a lot of people that want, think um, that they need to have advertising right away on their show and they actually can. Yeah. Um, it just do, 
do it through a, a cost per lead or cost per acquisition mm-hmm. or an affiliate program or something like that. And you can start doing it right away. And you're not going to make a huge amount of money, but, but you might be able to make some. I think it's important for you if you're going to do affiliate and um, here's the key. It's it's a long haul process and you have to engage your blog in the strategy to um, make the affiliate work. Uh, don't be afraid to create a dedicated landing page for that product or service. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, you know, link it in your show notes so that people have a central place to go to. Um, and I, I wouldn't intermix products on that page. I would uh, promote one product on the page. Mm-hmm. And uh, that may help you with your affiliate stuff a little bit. So, Todd, I, I just noticed uh, on the Rain News site that there is a post in there about the the EFF. I oh. guess there there's an update uh, around personal audio. Really? Um, yeah. I guess personal audio is seeks appeal in lost podcasting patents. So the Electronic Frontier Foundation may return to court for its case against personal audio over podcasting patents after filing several patent infringement cases against large and small podcasters. Key elements of the personal audio property protections were invalidated last spring. The EFF argued that the claims um, of the inventions uh, existed prior to personal audio's filing and the podcast lawsuits of which targeted Adam Carolla were, were widely regarded as patent trolling. Personal audio has since filed an appeal of the decision and the EFF is trying to confirm its ability to participate in the appeal. Oral arguments before the panel of U.S. Court of Appeals for Federal Federal Circuit are slated to begin uh, on August 4th. Wow, that's like, whoa. When did they post this? Uh, It's actually on the the Electronic Frontier Foundation website dated uh, August 2nd. This is the 6th. So this has already happened. Yeah. So here I'll I'll post it in the the blab thread line there. <sighs> Personal audio. So folks can you know, see it here. These folks. <clears throat> ay 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 ay. So they're they're still going after it. Looks like, um, but it doesn't mean that it's going to get right. overturned. <clears throat> chances are it probably won't be yeah. overturned. Yeah, it's much harder to get something overturned than Yeah. yeah. So we'll so see. That, but they see they see dollar signs is what they do. Yep. And that for those of you that aren't aware or haven't been around for this, there was a company, uh personal audio, who basically had a patent that they said was the uh, antithesis of podcasting. They had a number of claims. They went after Adam Carolla, who, in all intents purposes, settled. Uh, I believe with personal audio. Well, they they went after some big media companies. They went after NBC. They went after How Stuff Works, which is basically Discovery. Yep. Which now, um, Discovery has sold How Stuff Works. So. So anyway, that's kind of old news, but 
Um, but yeah, there's a lot of big, big and small, smaller companies that were impacted by this. And some that um, were actually impacted that never, never publicly talked about it. Yeah. So um, they were just trying to, you know, trying to get out from underneath it. But, um, you know, without the patent, they, it's very hard for them to go forward with the, with the lawsuits and basically the, you know, request for money um, for the yep. infringement. So that's, you know, we'll see where this goes. I'm surprised they're coming back. How yeah. long? It's been what? A, a, a year? Ten months? Oh, yeah. It's been at least a year, yeah. Or more? And, yeah. And just to give everybody a little bit of background on this, I mean, this is this is one of um, many patent battles that have happened o- over the years in the podcasting space. Um, there's been a, a couple of different companies that have come out saying that they have a patent on podcasting and and most of it doesn't wind up going anywhere in the long run, but a lot of people get freaked out about it. And rightfully slow. So, because... Um, patent trolls have a detrimental effect on the space. They can stifle growth. They can stifle innovation, suck money out of the space if they are allowed to, um, you know, and let's be, you know, let's be frank. There's going to be some people that are, have legitimate patents and they should be compensated if they have a patent that, um, you know, if you're infringing on, but at the same time, um, there are some companies that are just patent, uh, patent mills and that's their whole business yep so so i guess the court hearing is actually actually has happened so the court hearing was on august 4th at 10 a.m um did they, so I don't know if the yeah. eff participated or not yes they did oh they did it looks like yeah uh it says it it happened at the U.S. Court of Appeals, Federal Circuit Court in Washington D.C. Hmm. So, so it'll be another six months before the appeals court comes out with a ruling. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And if it does, then what? The, what it does is it gets pushed back down to the lower court. I don't think they can over. Yeah, they can. I think. Yeah, they can overturn something, can't they? They could, but they. They have to have a pretty good reason to. Yeah. They can't just do it, you know, unless there's evidence that invalidates the the last ruling. Right. And I know a lot of deep deep uh, research and background was done on the on the prior case. Yeah. The FF actually went out and uh, had a well, fundraising, and uh, thousands of podcasters stepped up and wrote checks. Yep. Uh, I know. I. I yep. did as well. I know yep. probably you did as yep, well. I did. And, and they also did did an outreach to the entire community to come up with um, um, people sharing information, you know, prior prior art, prior yep. precedent. Um, and they found it, and there were multiple examples that were presented in court. Personal Audio even went to court to try to get the donor list that the EFF, uh, you know, the people that's um, – contributed they got that stifled so you know people were able to uh, donate to the eff anonymously and and not worry about uh, personal audio coming back after them and uh you know in 
well, let's just say it, retribution. So uh, the list of donors were able to be kept uh, secret. They actually had to go to court to fight that as well. Yeah. So there was a, you know, we were concerned about it. And, you know, now that this is in appeals again, it just starts another round of uncertainty, which this kind of stuff can slow down investment. It can slow down people's, uh, uh, you know, decision points on whether or not they're going to buy a company or, you know, that, that all it's, because if you remember, Rob, that there was a period of uncertainty, a lot of not, not a lot of deals that were going through. And about the time this thing wrapped up, then we started seeing a number of deals being made, uh, you know, that was advancing, uh, you know, advancing the space. Yeah. No, and, and who knows what's going to happen here in the next year or so. We're kind of winding down a little bit on the on the kind of articles and uh, publicity around podcasting and maybe we are c- coming into a kind of like a not necessarily slowing down of the of the of the consumption of this medium but more of a slowing down in the hype cycle pub- in the hype cycle and public awareness yeah. um, it could have kind of peaked here um, and that's you know there's normal cycles with these kinds of things so I, I don't know how much I can say, but I will say that um, that the IEB measurement uh, standards document is um, in, they've accepted all final comments. They're in a chop, and I think soon we're going to get to see the, you know, get our final say. So, I you know, I think we're, we're much, much, we're very close. I don't know what the timeline is on having that document uh, being on the street. Another document that they um, produced uh, about a year ago is called the Digital Audio Spire Guide, and uh, that uh, document's review process is um, in work right now as well. I can't go into any details on exactly what's happening, but there is continued movement at the the IEB to um, help define and uh, move the space forward from a from a standard standpoint and giving some tools for media buyers and how they're uh, what they should expect from uh, podcasts and digital audio so um, that continues to be uh, you know and this um, statistics um, guidelines or measurement document or whatever the end of the title is going to be um, gets on the street I think that's going to help us a lot um, and uh, companies are going to have to decide whether or not they want to, you know, basically uh, come into compliance. I don't know how that, I think it's, you know, it's not mandatory by any means, but it's something that, a uh, guideline that they can use to uh, uh, use what we would consider best practices, I guess. Okay. And that's going to be pushed out publicly out to the the entire community yeah when it's when it's done when it's uh ready for publication oh yeah it'll be uh it'll be very public and that'll that'll generate some new cycles i'm sure so um i just uh again i can't at this point in the game i have to be very very careful on what i say there you know we're at the final stage here and i want to make sure that this thing gets uh gets done but you know from my perspective and from my team's perspective we're where at least when we saw it go into draft uh, for you know for final review comments, we were very pleased where the document was at. I and 
that's you know from my standpoint uh, that's saying a lot so um, we'll just uh, you know we'll hopefully we'll get our hands on the on the final cut here soon because what okay. they did was the document was draft they got it in a real like a rough release everyone got to review it like the 20 or 25 companies that are involved got to review it got to make comments mark it up and then they go back and look at those based on the whole history of everything that's been discussed over the last 18 months, decide uh, if there needs to be. And I, I, my understanding was there wasn't a lot of changes, which was that's really good. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see at the end here what, what the product is. Um, I'm excited because I think it's good for the podcasting space. And we've spent, you know, let's just be honest, spent a lot of capital and I, we've given up IP and other companies have spent a lot of capital and given up IP to um, uh, to try to get this thing dialed in. So, Todd, did you see the uh, <clears throat> the fairly extensive article in Rain News about Art, Art 19? I, yeah, I think you did probably. When, but, was, yeah. Which one was that? Uh, it was dated August third off of Rain News, and it was just an article that that kind of outlines that the the partnership with Midroll oh. um, and then all the other partners that they have, and and how they've they've launched a new audience measurement technology. Okay, they can go ahead and do that. Uh, we'll see if it. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've gotten some emails by some folks. What do you think about these companies trying to set new standards? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's it's not clear if they're talking about standards as much as it's just he's just getting involved in offering some metrics on what he's doing on their hosting platform. I, you know, but yeah, I've been trying to invite Sean to come on the show. So so maybe eventually he he will make it. And we can talk about all this stuff. That'd be great. Yep. Keep telling podcasters the suits are coming. The suits are coming. You know. Yeah. So uh, just be aware. But uh, you know, he the Art Nineteen was not involved in the IEB discussion. So you know, we put our money where our mouth was, and you know, and and you had to put your money where your mouth is because you don't get into the IEB for free. Yeah. Yep. There, uh, it's it's an investment. Yeah, uh, it, it is, and we wanted to make sure that you know we at least had our two cents in to, uh, um, you know, and at least to be able to um, have some input, and we did. So I see in the article, Sean made a statement uh, that's been publicly put out here. Sean compares the state of podcasting data to streaming audio. <laughs> so in, in order to make podcasting a staple buy to the agency world, it's our belief that we have to deliver data on the level of streaming audio. <clears throat> streaming audio data is phenomenal. Perfect listening telemetrics f- frequently with registered users and all kinds of demographic data. When you compare that with podcasting today, it's hard for buyers to make that case internally. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. <clears throat> you know, he's yeah. trying to make shit up. This is not. Well, yeah. it's also that's kind of a a a perspective of kind of like a 
behind a you know a paywall or behind a you know a a platform. So that's that's maybe the the kind of data that Apple would have, or uh, it's a proprietary platform type of um, perspective, which is which maybe is the direction of the space in the long run is that more and more listening is going to happen on proprietary platforms and, and that, that have a login capability and have, you know, deep demographics based on people having to register. Um, you know, that's, you know, look at Facebook and Twitter and these are all proprietary, you know, platforms that are, that have login and registrations and, deep data metrics on their users. Um, you know, but the podcasting space today, there's a lot of apps out there that don't require deep uh, registration data and don't have that type of data that are, is handling a lot of consumption of podcasts today. Consumers are, are tired of being spied upon <clears throat> to the level that they are. And the data that we're able to extract today out of podcast statistics and through demographic surveys tells a very beautiful picture of what's going on with a show and what they can deliver. Um, if they want to squabble over a thousand downloads per episode of potential Delta, then they really need to have their heads examined. You know, that's people trying to make cases for issues and where there really isn't any. Um, I keep saying, you know, that, uh, the folks that are bitching and whining the most about podcast metrics are the folks that, uh, don't either have a deep knowledge of the space or don't have metrics themselves. So, um, you know, we're not having any issues, none with media buyers, absolutely no problems with reporting, no problems with the, you know, getting campaigns going. It's, it's, it's such a crock. Um, yeah. Well, and Sean does go on to, to stay here on the subject of podcast management. Sean expressed an optimistic, vision of the future more than just possible it's probable that a paradigm shift will happen uh, resulting in much more listening data that will unlock the agency's <laughs> floodgates buying buying um is basically being held back by a lack of data about listening right now we're still selling downloads which is fine for dr advertisers direct response advertisers users put in a code and the advertiser can measure the effectiveness that way those advertisers are coming back again and again paying high cpms um uh, so so we know where podcasting works he says so interesting you know the apple's never going to give up to play data they're never going to send a signal back that when someone yeah. has downloaded this the, the show that they're going to play if 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 they do um i will be the first say thank you but uh i highly highly doubt ever that will ever happen and sean i want to put the, if you happen to be listening to this and i know you do listen to the show um Certainly, we want you to come on yeah. and let's let's talk about all this stuff. Let's let's get it um, torn apart. Both Todd and I have been involved, as you know, in this space for a long time, and have worked on ad insertion. I've worked on ad insertion at Podcast One, and and we've we've deep dive into this kind of stuff. And we are concerned about combining streaming data with podcasting data, and and th there's an interest in doing that. I know from the radio side. 
Um, but we just have to be careful that we kind of do that correctly because um, uh, it could cause more problems than we realize. And people want those those uh, those pre-produced Geico spots. They want those desperately. You know, yep. they want those six dollar or three or four dollar CPMs that come with Geico spots. Programmatic uh, is is th- there's a big push behind it, and yep. it may just blow up in your face. Yep. And uh, you know, I think if if they are you know based on prior comments he said about you know pre-recording, you know that uh, pre-recording a host endorsed spot, um, which is well, fine. Yeah. But- yep, it's fine. If it's done correctly, the key is if it's done correctly. And, and I think that's that's that that's where the rubber hits the road on this topic. Is that how is that host read going to be done, where it's as effective as a baked in host read? Right. I well, don't hear anybody talking about that part. Right. Well, you know, there has to be some evidence of it because there are people are doing it already. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, it's you know, everyone thinks they've got this secret secret sauce formula you know i was talking with angelo about this earlier in the week about um you know the injection part and doing ad injection and you know i've already mapped out you know we build an ad insertion system what it would look like and uh and you know last person last thing i'm going to do is blab it about it on this show but there is a way to do it correctly and um um so i'll leave it at that so, but it's still, you know, for us, you know, we understand that, uh, and, you know, a lot of the, the biggest complaint is, okay, for example, on host endorsed stuff, and I've talked about this before on the show, people say, well, I don't want my uh, uh, Thanksgiving ad to be in the copy that's being played in January. Well, in 90% of the time, it won't, <laughs> just because of the way shows are being consumed. If you're worried yeah. about, you know, there are certain shows that can need to be rebuilt. We've stressed that a hundred times on this show. So for some shows, it, it's necessary. For most shows, it's not. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, it's not going to be a significant impact yeah. um, that you're going to have to worry about it. And just a small set of shows are going to want to have all the ads replaced in all their episodes. You know, I know that, that that's a big part of what a lot of the, reasons for selling dynamic ad insertion is to be able to be consistent across your campaigns, across all your archives and your current episodes with uh, your sponsor messages to maximize your, your run rate on your advertisers. That's a, that's a blade that cuts both directions. Uh, Up to date, a lot of the value that a lot of advertisers have gotten from doing host reads is the fact that they are baked in. (laughs) Um, and you're kind of depriving yeah. those advertisers of the long-term ad insertion value that comes from having it baked in. Yeah, if your um, show has long, long tail. If. Yeah, I mean, even if it has a small long tail, um, that can be a value t- to an advertiser if you maintain that, that, that affiliate code. Right? It's time for me to run a new report. It's time for me to run a global report on number of downloads averages per episode uh, over, time. over the uh, beyond the first 96 hours yeah. and and I mean it, it drops off dramatically in most shows right oh it's like a, it's like falling off a cliff and hitting the desert floor 
and then there's an occasional uh, cactus out there that pops up where you get one or two or three, not usually tens and twenties. Um, Mike says, if I hear one Geico ad in a podcast, I hit stop and unsubscribe right away. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. There lays the, there lays the risk. And also, he says, the content creators, in a lot of cases, do not want this. So this is going to appeal to a small segment of shows that are willing to take a pre-baked Geico ad in their podcast. Now, if I do a Geico ad, you know, that might be a little different. If I do a host-read Geico ad, um, but I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um how would Geico do a host-endorsed Geico ad? They wouldn't. I, 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 I mean, it's, no, but, but if they were to do that, what would that look like, I wonder? Well, you look at their, everyone knows their slogan. What does it say, 10% or something? You know, it's, yeah. it's baked into our brains, right? It's going to be around yeah. the same theme, and people are going to go, <laughs> cock the gun, boom, you know, pop, pop. You know, they, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. Now, if you have a way to give them a 25% discount by listening to a podcast, well, that might be different. <laughs> but there's no way that you can, you know, on, a, on a, a campaign like that, can you offer something special? And that's what we've been able to do with um, host-endorsed direct response ads is offer something special. Yeah. So the user listening to us, let's, you know, I know we got a lot of feedback on the last show on Facebook. We got a lot of feedback. Uh, a variety of places on the last episode so um, if you're a listener or if you're a podcaster you know what's your do you want a, a Geico ad or you know we're using and we're picking on Geico here because Geico spends a lot of money on national TV and, and radio um, so do you guys uh, want a Geico ad in your show how would you react if you heard a Geico ad in someone else's show I'd love to hear that you know that that's a dynamic I don't know if they're thinking completely through. Yeah. And and like you say, it gets back to who the advertiser is as mm -hmm. well as the actual message. Yep. Um, yeah. Do Ford, you want, you know, yeah. Ford did some good stuff, you know, but, uh, you know, early on, you know, how, what did Ford do? They, they, they uh, uh, podcaster got a vehicle, you know, on, on a, a one-year lease or something to that effect and he drove it for a year and he talked about it and but you know that was one show you can't do that with 500 shows yeah um, that's true but you know what happens you know but also you know, I see uh, um, mom mommy uh, podcasters is that, is that the right way to say that she podcasts or uh, mom shows is that if I've offended yeah. anyone I'm sorry but I see them, you know, doing reviews and selling their souls for, you know, a $5 product too. So, you know, you can't let people be taken advantage of us. And that was when it goes back to these CPM rates. They want to give you like this, well, when they can buy YouTube and Pandora and Spotify for six, why do they want to pay a podcast? They can buy all the inventory they can handle on those platforms. Why would you ever pay a podcast for 20? You wouldn't. Not in that scheme of things. And there has to be added value to get the CPMs up. 
there's got to be something that's that's unique about this this medium that compared to a programmatic ad buy. Right. It's got to it's got to be a premium buy. It's got to be something that has extra value that but, connects at a deeper level with with listeners. But premium buys take work, Rob, and this is the problem that they're having. Uh, media buyers don't like to do that extra work. And most mm-hmm. media companies don't have creative in-house. In other words, they're not creating creative in-house. It's coming from the vendor. You know, some do, but or it's coming from an agency or something, right? Yeah. So, um, and that's expensive time. I mean, it, I mean, unless that agency can create um, concepts behind, you know, for host reads um, that can be done authentically by podcast hosts but i'm not sure that an agency really can get that much involved in they're used to push up, reads. you know they're used to being able to you know make control it a, everything yeah and and buy by click of a button mm-hmm. and not necessarily you know they may talk to a person but the buys are pretty automated yeah uh, they do have sales teams, but you know, and, and you know, here's the trick: once you get an I/O with a company, unless you screw up, they just keep redating the I/O and sending it back to you. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's. I think this is going to be an interesting move. I think Art 19 has challenges ahead. I wish them luck. You know, again, they're competing for a very small piece of pie of the podcasting space, where, you know, the volume that they're going to need to do at those lower CPMs potentially. Um, once well, again, he's out. trying to. I mean, it appears like he's trying to thread the line between host reads and dynamic insertion, which oh, okay. will hopefully preserve some of that CPM. It will on the on, but not. It will on the regular ads that we're traditionally used to, but it will not. I don't know how he can protect that with. If he figures that out, how to protect the CPMs on a geico ad oh yeah then he's gonna be very 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 successful yeah hey, i'll have you want my inventory <laughs> you know let's be let's be frank i guess the there's a creative director on i guess as a member of the art 19 board um from the Ogavi and mather advertising agency um and teddy lynn i guess so Uh as you start looking at these big huge ad agencies out of new york um maybe that's why he's on the board is to help them solve some of those issues right of how a big creative agency that's driving brand advertising can position host reads dynamically inserted host reads uh, and have it be compatible with these big advertisers. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, speaking of a Geico commercial as a host read is kind of a new idea. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I've heard anybody do it. Nope. At this point. Nope. Um, and, and, it, and again, you know, it goes back, and it's good. It's, it goes back to the creative. You know, how do you do the, like I said, most of these agencies don't have creative, uh, you know, yeah. doing audio creative. They've got, you know, great teams that are going in and doing the, and they're, kind of, but but they're doing ten, you know, they have three ad rotations or five or whatever they've spent a million dollars to build. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're creating, you know, 
three or four television commercials and three or four radio ads, and they just put push them out everywhere. Yep, and those aren't cheap. Yep. And can you do the volume you need with podcasting to pay? You know, pay for something unique. I I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a great question, Sean. C- come on and let's talk about that because yeah. I think it's an important um, consideration. I know you're. You're concerned probably about sharing too much of your strategy here, but um, let's think about the bigger picture of the whole medium. Yeah. Because if we can solve this, it's going to be good for everyone. Uh, it's going to be good for your company. It's going to be good for all all the companies out there. And, and I know this is what Podcast One wants. This is what um, Mineral Media wants. They want to solve these problems and um, get through it and come up with a strategy and approach that everybody likes and actually works with the audience. Yeah, I'd like to hear some media buyers come on and say there's problems because I the media buyers I'm talking to are the same media buyers everyone else is talking to and I don't hear people saying there's problems. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. that always drives me crazy. I don't get these objections, but you know, I also don't see the metric system these other companies are using or what they have, you know, available to them as proof that uh, what's being you know and using trending data and this you know stories that go behind that yeah um, it's not complicated believe me and we've got and anything that drives me crazy is we're being held to a higher standard than radio is and television uh-huh you know yeah. that's stupid you know well because it's different right it, yeah you can't it's like apples and oranges somewhat and and that's that's why I think it's different because um, you can't really compare what we're doing to I hate to say ratings and surveys yeah. is you know that's not it's hard to compare these two mediums and combine them together. Yeah, hey Mike is saying that uh, Commission Junction has Geico as a as a um, <laughs> as an affiliate deal, so I guess you could go on and uh, sign up for uh, Geico. Oh, that's probably banners. Well, I'm sure, but you can come up with your own. You can come yeah. up with your own ad copy in your podcast, yeah, and you then could. push you them could. to your sure. Geico affiliate page. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you could. That's right. <laughs> so, someone creative out there, go do that, please. Give it a try. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't run Geico on my show. <laughs> uh, it depends on you know. It depends on the the show. It you know some shows it might be okay. I don't know. Right. You might convert some people if I'm sure I don't have Geico myself. I, I actually but. use Geico. So that's a funny thing, you know, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Been a Geico so customer for years. have you had a good years. experience with Geico, Todd? Yeah, I've had a good experience. No complaints. They're an insurance company, you know, and they play their game when you have a little fender bender, you know, you, you take it and it's, it's pretty cut and dry these days. You know, it's pretty hard to get screwed on a, you know, a standard fender bender. I've not been involved in any major accident with injuries where they've had to come in and pay health or anything like that. But, uh, you know, for what I've experienced, have been fine. I mean, my question is, um, can a podcaster get, get a discount on Geico, uh, a greater discount for running an ad campaign so that they can, they can offer a true testimonial? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how many tickets you've got, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And how many wrecks you've had in a pre-qualifier. Yeah. Uh, can I get your driver's license, please? <laughs> yeah. So, 
Anyway, I'm sorry we, we get in the advertising talk all the time, but just these articles in the podcasting space drive us to it. And um, I'm very much looking forward to the conversation that happens after the IEB document is released. I'm going to be very interesting to watch the commentary from the space. And um, I think that's going to be worth a couple of shows worth of discussion and see how people react uh, to the IEP document, especially um, all the podcasting companies that have not been involved in the process. What do you think the response is going to be? Positive? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know, I'm pretty hardcore, Rob, and from a, a what you have to do to the filtering in podcasting. You, you, you know, we've talked about it on this show. I'm, and I don't care what the number is, as long as I know what the number is, and I want all the junk gone. And um, I think that uh, most folks don't think that deep. So, you know what Todd wants and what Todd thinks should be a hundred percent in a document is not a hundred percent what's going to be there because you know, you're dealing with 25 companies and you have to compromise. So, um, you know, I know what we are going to continue to do and I know what the document is going to show. So I, I, I think it's going to be a great document. It's a great, uh, um, a great standard set. Hmm. Um, and if companies want to go further, they can go further. You know, but I think it's going to be a, a great standard set for companies to go to. Uh, again, I haven't seen the final copy, so I, I, I can't form my final opinion on is it strong, is it weak, is it... Uh, I, I think it's pretty strong, though, based on everything I've seen so far. So uh, I think Do it's you all see the, the standard being so widely adopted that, that maybe it, it puts a little bit of pressure on you to, to be... To go, you know, kind of back to that level? No, no, I'm not. No? Not, no. Okay. No. Again, we showed a lot of our cards, and, you know, and it's not something that's like rocket science, but, you know, not a lot, no, no one is really willing to, was willing to put that down. So we, you know, we laid down a lot of our cards and, okay. And, but, you know, I, I think there's a group, they're all pretty happy with it. So, you know, it's, it's better than what we have now is nothing. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I'm hoping you know most of the platforms that um, have developer resources behind them will probably deploy it as quickly as possible. I would and that I, would be my guess. And I think there's going to be some tweaks that probably every company's going to have to make. You know, I think there will be some tweaks. Maybe even we have to make. And we're going to come. You know, if there's anything that we don't, uh, you know, basically in uh, spacing and separation, and I won't go in any deeper than that but maybe we'll have to change a, a logarithm number here or there will it make much difference no but it we may have to make a tweak I'm not saying that we will but we might so I'm just going to put this out there I mean I think it's it's a little bit of a reality on this thing do you I mean how big of a difference do you see the metrics standard that's being re recommended uh, being different than what your metrics are? Is it just a couple of, maybe, a, I mean, is it percentage? I don't, I don't have, a, I have not quantified that number. Okay. 
Um, but you know what we base this on is um, this is just data. So based this yeah. on you know some realistic expectation of what's happening with data and also listening and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you know for the fir- person that's listened to a twenty minute show. Uh, they're probably listening to that in one sitting. For the person that's listening to a three-hour show, they might be listening to that in, a, in four sittings. If that's over a couple of days, um, yeah. then that's you know there's probably going to be no change. But if that person listens, you know, if he listens to a three-hour show over five days, um, there might be a double count in there. Again, at that rep, you know when we reset, I don't know what that number or timeline is, but uh, okay. that's onesie twosies. It's not hundreds and thousands. Gotcha. So, okay. you know, onesie, twosies, who cares? But I think it's going to be yeah. good. I don't care what it is, as long as everyone's, as long as it's accurate and everyone's talking to the same, we're all beating to the same drum, right? Yeah, boom, and boom, although boom. the ad ad buyers, you know, they may ask, are you, are you compliant with IAB? And right. And I guess it gets back to it's a little bit of an honesty system, right? Yeah, unless I mean, if you say that you're compliant. Um, how does an agency know that you you are? You spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars and go get an MRC certification every year. Jesus. Yeah, well, every year, every maybe, year. Maybe we should be talking to that that agency to come up with something that's a little more reasonable <laughs> for podcast hosting platforms. No, it's that's the cost. So it's it's not cheap to go out and get a any you know the more complex the more expensive it's going to be too. So it's it's not cheap to get an MRC certification at all. You know, and if you find it, you're not and you're not guaranteed if the, if and if you aren't if you aren't compliant, then you don't get the certification. You still spent the money. <laughs> yeah, you know so. You know, the IEB is not a uh, uh, certification. They don't do that. They don't go out and, and audit. You mm-hmm. know, there's companies that do audits. And yeah. You get paid handsomely to do that. So in, in order to afford $150,000 certification like that every year, the space has to grow for, for a majority of these companies. Yeah. You know. It's and, got to, yeah, that's a big chunk of money. That's a big, and it's annually. So yeah. it's you know it's it's big. That's so even it. after this comes out, the the, the recommendations from the IAB, there, there's going to be a period where people are working to 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 adopt it and build yeah, it. To be honest with you, Rob. Again, overall, let's go back to the genesis of this majority of folks are doing a good job. Majority of these companies are doing a great job. So it's more of a tweak than a major build. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be, it'll be, okay. be a tweak for most folks. Mm-hmm. And and I doubt podcasters will even notice a, a Delta. Um, yeah. You know, it, it'll be a little bit of a tweak. And, um, you know, some companies may have to make more tweaks than others. But I'm be more interested in hearing the spin that comes out of the, you know, from the, you know, post uh, post release of the document. But it's yeah. you know I I think the the companies that have again all been participating done a great job and if they've added their value and you know and participated and been active so. It's mm-hmm. been a group effort that's not, uh, you know, it's 
been a lot of a lot of companies have participated and weighed in. So uh, none the companies that participate, at least, I hope, are all happy mm-hmm. with the end result. But um, and I'm uh, sure there'll be a lot of lot of lot of discussion in the space about you know or or announcements or about full full compliance um, to this new standard. I hope so. The, these platforms will put out saying that, you know, as of this date, we're launching the new metric standards to be compliant with the IAB recommendations. So, well, they're going to have to, you know, I'm sure those are going to be interestingly worded documents because they're going to have to. Um, I, I again, I think most companies are probably very, very, you know, very, very close, close and have to make yeah. minor, minor tweaks. But so. they're going to use it as a as a reason oh, to course. do some, you know, some yeah, press so PR, Of course. Yeah. And the more companies that get behind it, say we are and we do the better, you know, and, and I'm sure what will happen next is there'll be some examination and we'll get feedback from the community and feedback from non-participants. And we'll look at that information and decide if there needs to be a tweak in six months or a year to it, you know? So do you think that we'll see, um, an audit come from some of the larger podcast ad buying agencies. I'm, uh, I'm already doing I'm, audits. No, I mean audits around actual support for the new IAB standards. Uh, typically agencies don't do an audit unless they have a concern that they didn't get what they paid for. Yeah. That's the only time we really see audits come down. Okay. Um, and it mm-hmm. usually has to be pretty gross, a gross delta. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's typically the only time that I, and it, you know, I've never been served an audit by a media agency coming back and asking to audit our stuff. I'm prepared that ever, that call ever comes. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, more often than not, what agencies will do if they think they've been burned, they will just put you on the blacklist and you won't get any more ad deals. They have their own internal do not, you know, do not work with this vendor or whatever list. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they, you know, and also I've also heard the story from vendors and this is even more interesting. Um, I can't say the vendor's name and actual, actually when the podcast movement on demand, uh, can I say this? Yeah, I can. Because uh, it was publicly said. So the the team over at Performance Bridge was on a panel at Podcast Movement. And he said that uh, they have a master spreadsheet of all the companies that they work for. And they tweak as necessary. So they're already making internal adjustments. So make that makes you go, hmm. So is that master list based on their ROI or is it based on other factors? I don't know, but they tweak. (laughs) That's what he said. And when the, and I'm not, don't, I don't want to be quoted here because I want to make sure that you guys listen to the video when it comes out of the podcast movement uh, stuff. You can listen to him say it yourself. (laughs) Speaking of that. um, And a matter of fact, we need to get off here, but go ahead. Yeah, I think those 
those session videos are going to be posted soon from what I, I gather. I right? hope so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to the sessions I weren't, wasn't able to go to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. So anyway, we All went right. way deep here. And I've got uh, I got an uh, appointment for uh, new breaks in 35 minutes. So uh, All right, go hey, to it. Hey, everyone, thanks for being here. We went way long uh, today, but uh, we got deep in here at the end. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Send your comments to either Todd at newmediashow.com or you can you know, ping me on Twitter. Uh, Twitter at Geek News. Rob, how about you? Uh, Rob at uh, Spreaker is a great place to get a hold of me with an R. And uh, you can also send it to just Rob at robgreenly.com is, is another way. And then I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenly. And that's with two E's. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And if you're a podcast luminary or someone that agrees or disagrees with us and you want to participate in the show and come on and uh, have a debate, we'd love to have you on. We're nice. We won't beat you up. Um, but just sometimes not, need to get an understanding. <laughs> not too badly, anyway. We'll that's, beat that's you up, right? <laughs> and otherwise, we can just continue to sit here and have our, our opinions, and that's not, right. And, and, and there's not, no other, no other contributing, uh, uh, differing thoughts. That's here. right. It's just us. You can't put us in check. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we want we want you to come back and give us feedback and uh, tell us your side of the story. So. Tell us we're wrong. Uh, yeah, when, and why, and put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks for being here. We hope you had a good time. I had a good time, and uh, uh, we'll see you next week here on the on the new media show. Everyone, take care. Bye bye. Okay.